Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Home and Away. I am Drew Vanderplug, joined once again, as always, by my good friend Cody Welton. Cody, Hello. this uh, this weekend was the inaugural edition of the Home and Away Derby. Yeah, I, we both kind of left, basically, you know, not feeling great about the results. Uh, I guess. Let's that's be honest. Let's be honest. I feel worse than you because that that, uh, that result probably uh, gave. Manchester City the title so you know. yeah but you don't understand how important it is to Spurs fans to beat Arsenal like I no. don't know if you recognize how big of a deal no, I, that I is. I do I do okay <laughs> um and that result basically made it impossible I I don't think that we're going to beat Arsenal now I mean they yeah. have to really fall apart the North London Derby is tomorrow we're recording this on exciting. Wednesday yeah yeah but even if even if Tottenham wins they're a point back yeah. so um not feeling super excited about that whole situation, but you know it is what it is, I guess. In Peter Vermees parlance, um, we're here now, and we're here to talk about Sporting Kansas City. So uh, the good news is we have many things to talk about. <laughs> there were many tactical um, changes, uh, ideas um, attempted over the last couple games. Uh, we saw a four-four-two diamond, supposedly, kind of against New York City FC and then a 352 3142 whatever you want to call it uh, at least for 30 minutes against Dallas last night um yeah the, he's trying stuff we yeah. can at least give him that so so the the absolute best thing is that um you know they came away with a win last night um, and it was, uh, it was, I think a deserved win. The team, um, really, you know, fought back, um, after a pretty, a pretty terrible, um, first half, the team really sort of, you know, rallied and played a much better second half and they stuck with it till the very end of the game. And they deserve a lot of credit for doing that. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, it was exciting. Like it was, you know, it, it's fun to see, uh, sporting play well again especially you know if you're in person it was it was it was absolutely wonderful um and th that's been missing a little bit the second half was a lot of fun if a little bit tense um Shanice gets the you know he gets the equalizer in 90 plus eight i i saw something today that that is the latest regulation goal scored in skc history yeah it's amazing so that that's kind of crazy um and Voinovich and got a goal too, man. Voinovich got a goal too. And yeah. off a really good sort of like scrambling to the loose ball and slamming it home from, from yeah. distance. It was actually a really good play by him to get the goal. So both Chinese and Voinovich get on the score sheet, which is good. And both of them played much better in the second half after they went to a formation that was a little bit more familiar with what they've been practicing. And they got more time together. Um, I think the one thing that I will say about the FC Dallas match last night is that the longer that group of players played, the better they got. Yeah. And that is kind of what we've been, you know, asking for, for the better part of several weeks, which is give some of these new players time to make a couple mistakes, but then learn from them and get into the rhythm of the game and really play well. And we just really, we, we haven't seen that as much. And um, it's, it's good to you know, see those see those guys grow into the game, and then obviously Peter had the opportunity to you know make some change, bring on some 
you know, the starters, so to speak, late, which which was helpful. But Dallas had their starters come on late as well. They did. They made, you know, Vermees talked about in the press conference afterward, they brought on one of their starting center backs when Vermees made the three front line changes. So, you know, all of the, there was a lot of chess going on between him and Nico Estevez. But still, Sporting came out on top and they kept the pressure high and they did the things that we're familiar with them doing, which is pushing hard for 90 minutes. Yeah. When you play at that kind of tempo, for that long, it's very hard for teams to keep up with it for the entire game. And it did work out. Um, mistakes aside, and we'll get to those here in a little bit, but I, you know, the first thing, let's let's get the NYC FC match out of the way because I don't know that there's a ton to talk about there other than Vermees set them in a counter-attacking 442 diamond with Johnny at the 10. Um yeah. that that was not something I expected to see. A narrow formation makes sense on that field. Yeah. Like tactically, it makes sense that you would play a narrow formation there. Um, They had, you know, the same guys playing the eights that have been playing it all year, which is Roger and Remy. But if you're not going to try to pass through the midfield, it doesn't matter. Like those are actually guys that are good to have. If you're not going to pass through the midfield and you just want to pressure the midfield, that's, that's fine. Um, I don't think Uri Rosell played that well. But no. that's been par for the course for most of the season. I think he just that's just what he is. Um, he's reasonably defensively responsible. Yeah. Kind of a minus player in possession, but I don't I mean, we've known that for a while now. Yeah, I think so, that the, I think that the game um, in some respects suited him uh, because of that. The small field, uh, him being tasked with more of a defensive responsibility. You know, I mean. The, the the worst thing about uh, about his year so far is he is good for you know two to three terrible giveaways um, usually in uh, the defensive half uh, and that, for, they for almost him. scored on one of them yeah, you right like I mean, the, the one shot yep. they got inside the box from Santi Rodriguez was a just unbelievably poor giveaway right yeah. in the center of the park and, and, and not in the center the, of the park it's like an RN. like they're they're just like just ridiculously bad passes and hospital balls. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not good enough, frankly. And, um, you know, when you have a, when you, when you have a, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a tone setter and pace setting uh, position, who's playing that badly. Uh, I mean, I think, it, I, just, I think it lowers the ceiling of the team. I mean, we're, you know, we're kind of resigned to that fact a little bit this year anyway. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, we've seen that from a couple players. If you if you look at both of the games as a whole, a couple of the quote unquote veterans that were brought in, the free agents, and this has been unfortunately an ongoing thing with Sporting Kansas City when it comes to signing these veteran free agents. They are rarely additive to the quality of the overall team. Yeah. You know, Seattle goes and brings Kellen Rowe in and he becomes, you know, a guy at injured comes in and plays yeah. left back for 80 minutes to help he's shut a, down Pumas. He's a super and, sub at, at, at like multiple positions on the field. Like he's, and, he's a and, valuable player for them. And Vermees couldn't find a useful place for him at all. Yeah. Um, I, I, those are the kind of things that we talk about. And I don't think he, he wasn't, I think we traded for him, right? Didn't we trade for him from Colorado? Isn't that, wasn't that the Phil Hopper thing? I don't know. No, Phil no, Hopper no, went, he was like, he was, Yeah, he was in uh, uh, New England. Roe was. That's before. right. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, so was so Feldman, any, but... at any rate, you know, there's just so much history of this. Yeah. Um, Rodney Wallace, uh, um, you know, uh, Brad Davis, Justin Mapp, um, Colt, yeah, yeah, Justin Mapp, the, <laughs> the, the Mapp, Mapp was like five minutes. I don't think he, yeah. he barely got on the field, yeah. And, and well, I mean, Wallace had a knee injury and was out for the year. I mean, and some of it's bad luck, but the other part of it, it just even the guys that we brought in just have never featured Brad Evans, it's yeah. another one. Yeah. Never really featured at all. And it just shows, but other teams are making these signings and getting something out of them. Yeah. And it just feels okay. like both, both Roselle and sweat have been middling to below average. Yeah. Um, the one thing I could say about Ben sweat is he delivers a ball exceptionally well from the end. Like that is one thing he is very, very good at. His he is if he gets down to the end line and is looking for runners, he can deliver a ball from there exceptionally well. The problem is everything else is just not that fantastic. It's yeah, not yeah, great. His, his decision making also, I think, leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, there were you know there were times last night when you know he um, even even after. Uh, they had switched formations in the second half and he was playing at his more familiar uh, left back spot. You know, I mean, there were times when he he dribbled like far too long and did not send balls forward and uh, got caught in possession and uh, and turned the ball over. And, you know, I mean, you you, you can't. Uh, you can't have veteran players making mistakes like that. The whole reason they're on the team is to make smart decisions and and uh, and be um, you know role models for uh, for younger players to be a steadying force. You know, uh, and when they're not, it's kind of uh, you know kind of kind of raises an eyebrow as to what what's going on. Yeah, I mean the the first. I mean, and I'm gonna. Let's let's get into this part of it too. The the beginning of the the FC Dallas match last night was pretty bad. Um, Peter brought them out. First of all, it was all backups. Yeah, I mean, it, the, there was a bunch of players out there that had less than a hundred minutes for the team. Um, it was a three five two sort of, but it was a single pivot three five two. So it was almost like a three one four two. So you still had the regular six and two eights. But well, a three-man backline. I, mean, I think that. I mean, I think Ozzy was. Uh, Ozzy was playing pretty far forward. Yeah, but he was playing the left side at eight, which is typically a ten. Yeah. It it, it, it looked like a four. It looked like the four three three, except they dragged a forward back to play center back. That's what looks like happened. They they well, dragged. I, they dragged a forward back and added a center back, and it, it, otherwise it was kind of you know that. They didn't. They, they weren't running a double pivot. Typically, when you run a three-five-two, you have a true ten on the field that yeah. is operating in front of the two of the two mid, central midfielders. That's not what was happening here because Ozzy Cisneros was always on the left and was always advanced, um, advanced right? Which yeah. is true of that midfield setup in the four-three-three. So it was just more like a four-three-three with three center backs. The problem was. Ben Sweat was the left center back, and going back to kind of the stuff we talked about, he looked completely just out of his element in that position. Um, I don't know if it's a position that he's played before. I don't know if it's a position that they've practiced regularly, but it sure as hell didn't look like it. 
I mean, you know, you say what you want to about the about the bad pass from Poles Camp. You know, when playing out of the back goes wrong. Okay, fine. Let's make all the jokes, all those things, because it happened at Dallas as well. That's yep. how we got a goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, when Sweat passes it back to Poles Camp, he gives him no passing lane. Yeah, that that during that particular passage of play. The team was uh, Dallas was pressing really, really high and really aggressively, and um, and Sporting Kansas City was absolutely static, and I mean like static, like they were not moving at all, um, and that doesn't work. You know, you can't the the way to the way to break presses is uh, by movement um, accompanied by good passing, uh, and if you're not moving, you're you're a sitting duck. You're an easy target because they know. You know the pressers know where you're going to be, and um, and you can and can jump jump lanes and intercept balls. And um, uh, it was it was like really really obvious. It was so obvious that like people around me were commenting on it uh, that why wasn't anybody moving? And then you know then the turnover happens and and, and they give up a goal um, just like like that. I, I, Mike, I have a question for you, Drew. I mean, what why do you think the the team came out in that formation? Like what? You know, what spurred that sort of change from Peter Vermes? Well, when I originally saw it, I thought it was going to be a traditional 3-5-2 with Hernandez and um, Davis in a double pivot. Yeah. Which in that circumstance would have made sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that then you have you have a back three with a pair of midfielders that can control the midfield. It's the three, two, five and build out. Like we've talked about so many times it is, you have rest defensive capabilities. And if you're getting pressured, you have two central midfielders that can shift into the channels to give you outlets for the ball. That's what I thought was going to happen. They didn't do it. They did a single pivot. So there was nowhere because the central, because the, because Jake Davis was aligned with Fontas. So there was no release valve. Yeah. Whereas if you have a double pivot, they can release diagonally at that point. There was none of that. So I, I don't really know. I, I think Vermees was trying to um, have them in positions they were familiar with in the 4-3-3 and just mm -hmm. add a central defender. Yeah. I think I, that was that's, that's what, what I it felt too. like and, to me. And, and I don't I think the the reason he went you know with three at the back uh, from the outset was that you know um, that the squad depth isn't there. You know, when you look at all, all, all of the players um, who are depth pieces were actually playing. They started on, they were on the field. And, you know, with the possible exception of Volader, you know, the, the bench, the people, the substitutes were all regular starters. And there's no, there was like nobody else. And, uh, and so, you know, if you want to, you know, give your players a rest and get Spencer Glass on the field, um, you already have Ben Sweat, right? You are, you already have a left back. Spencer Glass is a defensive player, right? And uh, and so, what are you going to do? How are you going to solve yeah. that problem? And I think the problem was, I think the solution was to go three and and move Sweat to center back, and then you know try and let uh, Glass you know be play as a wing back. Uh, and it did not. Can I, can I say something though? I, you know, if I see Ben Sweat and Spencer Glass on the field at the same time, I don't see Ben Sweat as a, as a plus player over Spencer Glass. Like, I didn't see that. 
No, I, no, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think there was any other options. I mean, I, I think the. No, but I what think I, I 11, guess I think no. he was trying to he was trying to play the eleven players that started right, and yeah. and and he thought that 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 formation was really the only way I think that to get them on the uh, all on the field at the same time. So let's give him a, a little bit of credit for pragmatism at the water break, going realizing this isn't yeah, working. Absolutely. And if I had to pet, put Spencer Glass at right wing just to get us into a formation that we understand, then that's yeah. what we do. And so, you know, one thing that we've we've talked about at the be beginning of the year when we talked about Greg Berhalter and his pragmatism and understanding he has a team that is probably suited to press the hell out of people as opposed to be a possession based offense. Yeah. He, you should use that to your advantage, and you should go to that setup. And he did, and it, and it, 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 it caused significant improvement over the last couple of years in their performances. Um, similarly, here Peter recognized that the three five two was not working. He said it after the game. He's like, it wasn't working. We moved back to the four three three. Yeah, you know, I, I, one of the weird things was, and, and this is like I, it, I've rarely seen this with a Peter Vermes team. Like their their press was the most inept and you know um um i mean i'm in the first half sporting's press they couldn't come anywhere near uh the ball and they weren't creating turnovers they weren't even pressuring the ball and you know dallas was just sitting back and just passing 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 and Jake davis and was the only one that got near the ball and then of course he well, crushed so, a guy and got a yellow card yeah. and then he couldn't do it anymore i mean th and this is a this is a uh, this is a system problem, not a player problem. Right? If no, if nobody in on your team can get near the ball in your in your in your pressing uh, formation, then your 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 pressing spacing uh, is completely wrong. And and um, you know, I I don't I don't know enough about it to know. Um, I haven't studied enough to know the difference necessarily between you know the pressing last night and the pressing, uh, or the pressing in the first half and the pressing in the second half. But that switch to the four three three in the second half, like it all of a sudden, like their pressing lanes were right back where they should be, and they were, you know, they they really just kind of flipped with uh, with Dallas. You know, their Dallas's pressure and 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 pressing in the first half were like top notch, and and. Sporting couldn't handle it, and Sporting's pressure in the second half was top-notch, and Dallas couldn't handle it. I think that um, this, unfortunately, kind of leads back to Vermees's original point when people will talk about, hey, should there be a different formation, a different setup? Should we you know, alter the thing to kind of put people into you know, their ideal positions? You know, And his philosophy being, well, look, we drill a lot of things in practice, and from what I understand, there are some reasonable comparisons to Vermees and what Burhalter is doing in the men's national team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Appa apparently, you know, from what I understand, this this system is fairly complicated. Yeah. It requires very specific movements based on your teammates' movements. Yeah. In order to being in the right place, and so if you change the formation or where people are in their in their you know rest defense or their steady state, it does alter understanding of angles and where to go and you know it's reasonable to then agree with vermes when it says hey look i don't really want to mess with it because we drill so much into this formation yeah and it was pretty clear here's my thought i don't i think that if you have your current best 11 
right? The current starting 11 for Sporting Kansas City, there is an alternate formation that makes more sense. And if you're drilling that constantly and building the um, uh, principles of play, to steal a phrase from Burhalter, if you're building your principles of play and what you're trying to accomplish from that formation into the starting lineup and everyone's drilled on that, then you can do something in that manner. The problem is you take a bunch of guys who have barely played, definitely barely played recently, and you throw them out in a formation they're unfamiliar with when they've been practicing something else for their entire careers at Sporting Kansas City, this is going to happen. And especially in a system that's as specific as this one is. And and that's the part of it. And like I said, I appreciate Vermees pragmatically understanding, look, this ain't working. And if I got to put Spencer Glass at right wing, I'm going to do it to get, it, get us into a position where we can do something that works. The problem is... He had to watch it absolutely fucking fail, <laughs> like drat, like at an extreme level. Yeah. Before he did that, I mean, they got absolutely worked on the second goal. Yeah, the it, it was a beautiful goal. Honestly, it was like it was. I wasn't even mad. I was like, wow, that's a nice goal. It was just like they just they just cut right through the defense, and you could see it setting up. Like you could see it setting up like three passes ahead and it was just like, uh Oh, here it comes. And it was just like, you know, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. net. it was like, it, it was nice. No, it was. And I, I'm not taking anything away from Dallas, but sporting was playing like gutter trash yeah. up until that point. Like they, they just were, they, they wasn't great. And, um, you know, again, I, I appreciate the pragmatism, but it's kind of like, again, let's do the Burhalter comparison. It's kind of like at Honduras when you broke out the three, the three, four, two, one. Yeah. And put James Sands in a double pivot. Yeah. Like, it's just. It's kind of. I don't want to act like. I don't want to brain stuff, you know? I mean, it, it really is. <laughs> I don't want to act like I'm talking on both sides of my mouth because I do think that there are adjustments this team needs to be able to make in order to continually be successful. You have to adjust to your opponents. You have to adjust to your available lineup. You have to have alternate strategies for certain types of situations, i.e. NYCFC. Peter Vermee's strategy in that game worked. Yeah, it, did. it worked exactly the way they wanted. You take away that Uri Rossell terrible giveaway that turned into that one significant goal chance that Melia saved. Cam Duke had that rough one against Maxi Morales late, but I you take away that all the shots were outside the 18. If you hold NYCFC to taking all their shots from 25 yards, that's good. You've done your job. And then I I will say that, you know, last week I was, uh, you know, maybe questioning Melia a little bit, but I mean, Melia, Melia showed up big on Saturday. His, his expected goals against was like almost one and a half. And he, he stoned, uh, he had, he had three saves and they were, I think all three of them big saves. And, you know, he, he showed up and you need that, you know, um, the team just in general, I think, uh, played an excellent defensive game, uh, against New York. And, um, they, you know, they, they, did something different than what they usually do. I mean, the formation wasn't super different, um, but but the you know the 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 mindset and the and the you know way that they um, they didn't really press that much. They dropped and they defended and they won the ball and then they tried to just you know 
uh, go forward and counterattack. And, you know, it wasn't super effective, you know, in terms of scoring goals, but it did its job and it limited a really, really, really good attacking team in, uh, in New York city to nothing. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't score. And, you know, it's really, it's funny to look at the, uh, if you look at the, the stats and the box score, I mean, it looks like, Sporting Kansas City was playing Sporting Kansas City from last year. You know, it was like yeah. they had, you know, NYCFC had all of the all of the good chances, all of the the um um all of the possession. Uh they really, you know, dominated in many aspects of the game. Um, but you know, the 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 defense that Sporting Kansas City played, um, I think won out. The only thing I will say in uh, to in rebuttal to that is Shallowy had two fantastic shots on goal. The jo- yeah. the Sean Johnson they, saved. They, they weren't high percentage shots, but they were. But they were the one in the first. Shots. The one in the first minute was pretty. He was he was shooting one on one with the goalie. Yeah, like no, and, and the 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 um the, I, the I other. Should say, I should say they weren't they weren't like high xg shots. No, they weren't high XG shots, but I mean, he he stung the hands in the first yeah. minute, and Sean Johnson made another great save later uh, against him. And yeah. you know, I can understand why Vermees would say afterward, "We we thought we should have stole that one." I, I and, agree, and and you know that on the second um, on the second chance, um, that that near post run that Shallowy made. I mean, that is that is the near post run that needs to be made. Um, and whether it's Johnny making it or Shelton making it or Shallowy making it or one of the eights making it, I mean, that <laughs> Shelton is... Shelton making that run. We know better than that. Don't, I know. Don't, I don't, no, no, I, but that's my point. He's not making it, and he needs to. That's the run that has to happen. It does. And I, the thing I would say about this is Shallowy being in a, in a two-forward setup allowed him to really be inside most of the time, yeah. and it allowed him to make those runs and so the I, this is what I would say about this four four two that I I enjoyed. Um, the first thing is it allowed Shelton to be a all out pressing player, and he did press a fair bit from his position because you never have to worry about him getting disconnected because you got a ten behind you, right? So he's never going to get so far away he's from the still midfield. Disconnected, but yeah. Well, but I mean, but it didn't point. matter. It didn't <laughs> yeah. matter, right? Like yeah. you can let him just free roll. And do his crazy running around the field stuff. First of all, the field's so small, it's fine. What a Secondly, joke, man. What a, what a joke. <laughs> I mean, seriously, seriously. Like, like I can't I can't watch games at Yankee Stadium. I don't even like unless sporting's playing, I don't even I don't even bother because it just annoys me so much. And so like we're not playing Yankee Stadium, but we go and play in another baseball stadium. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Honestly, it's it's embarrassing. It is the most major league soccer of all major league soccer things. Well, not only that, but City Football Group has all the money in the world. Yeah. You're telling me they can't build a stadium? No, they can't because that's New York, man. Uh, well, but they've they've had, but that's the problem is, and I can't tell if this is just stuff that they release into the news to make it look like they're trying to do something when they're really not trying to do something. But they had this whole thing laid out for the Bronx where they were going to get like this land area of unused warehouse and something like that, that they were going to be able to build something. But I mean, the reality is building in Manhattan is impossible. Yeah. So put it on Long Island. Who gives a shit? Put they it somewhere. Should, they should put it on the roof of a mall. Yeah, <laughs> Voinovich would want to play there. 
<laughs> Why not? I mean, well, but I mean, that's where the majority of people play, you know, like how many Twitter friends do we have that live in New York and they play and, yeah. you know, uh, adult leagues and that's what they play on. They play yeah. on turf fields on top of a building. Yep. That's how most of them are. Um, getting, that, you know, that 120, might, honestly, that 120 might be. By seven, but one twenty by 75 is hard on top yeah. of a building, but that might uh, be better. That might be better than, uh, than playing in a baseball stadium. It's the uh, grossest thing. Ugh. Anyway, my point, my point being that Shelton was a lot freer to just kind of be a defensive winger when he was playing on the right side of a pair than he is at a center forward. Um, and so from that perspective, I was not totally displeased. And like you said, Shaoli had a pretty good game. Again, that was his second in a row in MLS mm -hmm. play that he looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I'm not happy that he hasn't finished those chances yet. He got one uh, a week before last, but it, it's there, it, it looked it looked it was it was fine. It was a fine adjustment for that matchup on a narrow field against a team you're really hoping to create good. Um, you're create hoping to keep them from making. Um, that's my dog. Can you hear that? No. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, I can hear it. I was shaking oh, my can? head in, yeah. in, in disbelief. <laughs> my bulldog, I'm I'm here at home by she myself like tonight. She's she's had to go grab an extra bone from the side and make as much noise as humanly possible <laughs> on my wood floors while she's doing it. So yeah, she's been she's being kind of a dick right now. I don't know why, <laughs> but anyway, um, you guys got all inter in introduced to bulldog life. Anyway, um. Yeah, so they were doing a very good job of limiting New York's chances using a strategy to try to stagnate them, and it worked. And so from that perspective, I'm good with it. And this goes back to my original point. If you have all of your starters out on the field who play regularly, understand their individual partnerships, and can understand what a slight change to roles means, it's fine. Don't throw 11 guys out there who don't ever fucking play in a formation they don't understand and expect it to go well. Like unless that's it's, unless it's against Leon. I mean, yeah, well, but who gives a shit? It, like right, in that circumstance, the, who cares? throwing the game away anyway, but that the they, one, they weren't throwing the game away last night. Yeah. So the one thing I would say, that's what I thought they were doing. I, I did thought too. they were trying to throw it away. I did and, then, and then all of a sudden he moved him back to a four, three, three for the last 15 minutes, a half. And they looked a lot better and they looked a lot better in the second half. And then, you know, they bring in some subs and, you know, pull it out. Yeah. After, after Boinovich scored that goal, it was like, okay, it was like, let's empty the bench. And they decided to really, really go for it. I, I'm, I, you know, I suspect that if, if they wouldn't have scored, uh, that goal that we wouldn't have seen maybe any subs. No, th those subs were all ready to go before. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, they they had them all jerseyed oh, up right and down, ready to go. Right down there. So yeah, I was. Yeah, no, I was. They were they were all jerseyed up and ready to go before he scored. And like when he scored, that was a stoppage that caused him to yeah. come off. Yeah. So no, they were they were absolutely um all ready to go before he scored that goal. So he was already okay. making that move. Uh, Vermes doesn't know how to pack one in. That's just not in his DNA. Yeah. He's going to try regardless. I think he thought when he brought him on that they're only coming on for half an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. fairly certain that's what he yeah, thought yeah, was happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that'll, that'll, make this, that'll make this weekend interesting. Yeah, it will. Uh, especially, you know, they were what? Not even 72 hours after playing in New York, 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, so the 
speaking of Leon, one of my, you know, that was the Leon match was when I was first really introduced to Caden Pierre. Because he came in for Jalen Lindsay in that match. Lindsay go, went down, like, what, in the first, like, 15 minutes with that knee injury that took him out for the season. And Caden Pierre came on. And while, yes, Sporting got thrashed in that game, I actually thought Pierre looked good. And it caused me to watch some more matches of the twos when he was playing and kind of see what his game was like. I felt like he was pretty raw, but um, had promise. And that's, you know, why he's been playing with the U.S. youth team for a while. He was at the U-20s. Um, over the for the last couple weeks, he looked like an MLS fullback in this Hon- match. Honestly, he he might have been the best player in the first half for Sporting KC. He was yeah. he was really the only like that's not saying much. I know. I mean, he was really the only like actually dangerous player, um, and he was he was pretty dangerous. I mean, he is a fast fast dude, and uh, and when he gets forward uh, in the attack, um, it's uh, you know it's. It, it feels like uh, something's going to happen. I will tell you that in person, he does not look like an 18-year-old kid. I mean, no. his face does. You see him in yeah. the face, and he looks like an 18-year-old kid. His physique does not look like an 18-year-old not kid. At all. Not at I all. mean, you have a 17-year-old kid. You you see you see what U17s yeah. look like. Yeah. This dude is, I mean, he is. He looks like yeah. a professional football player. He needs like, to fill out a little bit, but he, you're exactly right. Uh, like, Cisneros looks like... A 17 oh my god well but part of it is cisneros is like five foot nothing like he, i think messi is taller than cisneros <laughs> but um he he's a little dude and he got wrecked in this game and then had to come out but i i think but pierre he's got the size that you would want to yeah. see out of that position too but i would say nothing about the the only thing that got caden pierre out of that game was he was cramping you know, yeah. 85 minutes at that pace up and down that field. You know, he needs more match fitness. That's I, didn't all see, I didn't see that he was cramping. I, and I was wondering what was going on, but that makes sense. And on, uh, it, it, you know, Duke Duke moving to that spot was, was not bad either. I mean, you know, Cam, Cam Duke needs to just like finish out defensive sequences and make sure that he guards all the way to the end line. Um that is his biggest weakness uh, for two week, two games yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, but you know, other than that, I thought you know he he did really really well. I, I thought honestly, Cam Duke played uh, great. You know, really from the outset, from the second he got on, he was um, you know, he was he was one of the better players on the field for the rest of the game, um, and he he really had an impact. And you know, one of the things that he does really well that you know that the the other eights that we have maybe don't do so well is he is a progressive player. Like he gets the ball, he turns, and he goes at the opposition and uh and we need that like we need somebody who's like not afraid to you know to progress the ball via the dribble and uh and you know not afraid to you know take it all the way you know into the box if necessary when he came on for cisneros that was only what like the 20th minute or something like that i don't remember the time but it was so very early in the game he had played 90 in new york on saturday it's Tuesday night and, you know, uh, we're, it's so hot. We're doing water breaks. He came on and played a hundred minutes. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
I mean, the joke of being 21 years old, but Jesus. Did you see Vermees' quote about uh, Cisneros today? He said, uh, you know, he said he he doesn't know what happened to him. He's like 12. Like, how can you get into it? You're like 12 years old. Yeah, that was pretty funny. (laughs) Poor Ozzy. He seemed very annoyed when he had to get Ozzy a sub. Well, and Ozzy didn't even seem to, he, he was like asking him like, or the, he was asking the trainer what was wrong with him. And even the trainer was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird. <laughs> I mean, Ozzy walked all the way back to the bench. I don't know. Anyway, it's not like Cisneros was playing that great. So, yeah, you know, Duke, Duke was an absolute upgrade when he came in and, yep. um, and Cisneros was getting little brothered hard yeah. up until that point. So, it, it, he had some nice sort of like spin moves out from underneath guys. He does know how to check his back because he has to, because he's so small, yeah. but Duke was an immediate upgrade at that position. And you bring up a point that I thought was very interesting because we've been, we've been watching him for two games, play right back and be very successful at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually liked him more at the left side at eight I driving too. at the defense yeah, like I did that. Too. Because that's what Gotti does in that role. Yep, he absolutely. gets he gets on the turn and drives with the ball. That that is what he does. Um, yep. And this was the best approximation I've seen of it this year. Totally agree. Um, My, you know, I I would be fine with you know him at him at that left side of eight and uh, Hernandez at the right side of eight. God. Well, let me stop let me you because you, because Hernandez all that so freaking good last night. I mean, yeah, but he did all of it at the six. Did you see how yeah. good he was covering ground at the six? We've been wanting a ground covering six that can that can deliver a pass. He was fantastic. He, he covered so much ground, I didn't even realize he was playing the six. <laughs> That's they, the, when they I moved mean, to the four three three. Yeah. When they moved to the four three three, they moved him to the six and put Jake Davis at the right side at eight. So he was playing the defensive eight that Roger normally plays, and they put him at the six. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, well, that's please, what he more. plays that for SKC too. Yes. He did when he was with them. Yeah. yeah, he played that position a lot with Swope Park Rangers. And I don't know how much he's been playing it when he's been loaned back in the last couple of years, but he definitely did when he was coming up through there. When he was there, when it, it was still Swope Park Rangers, when he was there um, playing it the mo- for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, with the loan back, I don't know if he's been playing it as much just because he's been playing higher up the field for sporting. I do believe that Peter has some say in where they play when they're loaned back. Um, but he was great like he was a ground covering six that was delivering line splitting passes yeah why have we not been seeing this until now because there's a there's a world in which he plays the six duke plays the left side at eight and voltaire plays the right side at eight you actually have a really good midfield at that That point that can cover a lot of ground and run for days and is good at recoveries is good at winning duels all of those things yeah and it, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too excited off of one performance, but with Felipe at the six and Duke at the left side at eight, they had a very good connection. Mm-hmm. They were able to progress the ball. A lot of good things happened. And Felipe has the engine to put out fires from back yeah. there. And he's and, got an engine for sure. And yeah, but you're right. I mean, he was, uh, Duke played great today, but Felipe's man of the match for me. He yeah. was just he, everywhere. I like that dude was. I mean, he was he was making uh, pressing sprints like at the end of the game, like you know, at 115 minutes or whatever. I mean, and and he had ran he ran the entire game. I I would love to know how much ground he covered because he was just he was just all over the place. Amazing. 
And let's be honest, it was not great weather to be running that much. Hell no, man. Although, you know, they they did have uh, water breaks last night, but it was not, you know, it was not that bad uh, by the time they were really humid. It was really humid and it was unnaturally calm. Yeah. So there wasn't much of a breeze. Kind of steamy. Yeah. I played soccer today and let me tell you, it sucked. Cause it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like 95 and just blazing and man. Yeah. I, uh, I almost died. I don't, I don't um, envy you at all. I I'm, I'm sitting here in my office in a hoodie because the new <laughs> air conditioner, we put in a new air conditioner, not this past summer, but the one before and it's an old ass house. So like the, you have cold rooms and warm rooms, right? And my yeah. office happens to be a cold room and it is like a meat locker in here during the day when that <laughs> air conditioner is running all day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my wife was laughing at me because it's much hotter up where her office is upstairs and she's like dying. And I'm like in a hood, I had to go get a hoodie and put it on. She's like, I mean, that's she's the thing about mad. soccer, you know, I mean, it is a, uh, you know, it's an all weather sport of, unless there's lightning, you're out there playing. So, yeah. Uh, honestly, that's one of the things I like about it. So, um, so anyway, so like from a plus side perspective, I think Felipe best game, his best game of the year by far. And probably he was yeah. the best player on the pitch today. Yeah, I agree. Cameron Duke playing multiple positions. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. three games in a row, three really good games from him in two different positions. Yep. Caden Pierre. First minutes with the first team we've seen this year looks completely in his element, not not in a problem area at all, like something that he can handle. I just I don't see him playing this weekend against Portland. No. And this I mean, midfield and this midfield showing the way we want. It's but a different man, thing, I would love you know, it. it's like it, you know, I mean, he still has not played in an like, you know, full MLS game against like starters yet. And so, you know, I, I mean, I like personally, you know me, man, I'm like, throw him out there. I think that it's, you know, uh, I'm okay with sink or swim, honestly. And, and that's not the way that Vermes does things. So, well, the other thing is, is like, he went 85 minutes was having calf cramps at the end going, you know, they got to fly to Portland on Friday. So so you're going to have to play either him or Duke. So, I think he'll. I, I think Vermees will go with who he trusts, which is Duke. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I mean, you know, that's a lot of minutes for Duke in in yeah. eight days. But yeah. I mean, you, Duke's also twenty one. He seems right. to just you run forever. Thing. That's the thing. You know, I you you don't wish this to have to do this, but if you got to run a player into the ground, it's better to do it to a twenty one year old as opposed to a thirty four-year-old you know well and maybe pierre is on the bench for this match and he can come in late if Duke, yeah. you know that's your backup plan at right back i'm uh, that would be my expectation is he's yeah. your backup plan at right back if duke has to come off for some reason but the kids the kids showed out yeah, not all did. of them not all of them jake davis had a very up and down match yeah um he was fairly but he wasn't terrible you know he, he wasn't some, bad he did, he did some okay things like he did some he's, he did some good a, things he's a He's, he's an aggressive player. He was an aggressive player. That's I I 100% guarantee you that that's why he plays is because he's he's that aggressive. Um cuz it's We've not, been asking for Baby Raj. This guy gets into a tackle probably yeah, most like Raj I, I than don't think, I don't think it's his uh I don't think he's out there for his technical skill. I think he's, you know, he's out there to hurt people. Crush dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then he got that yellow card early, and that, that, I think that's also why Vermees moved him higher up the field because yeah, he sense. didn't want him getting a red. 
Um, speaking of red cards, I I'm gonna I'm quoting from memory here, so all of y'all are gonna have to you know give me a little bit of space as far as the accuracy of this. But I do remember seeing a stat after the last Dallas game when they were down to ten for the last twenty minutes that Dallas has only had like three or four red cards in the last several seasons mm. and all but one of them were against sporting. That's funny. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And so they get another red card against uh, sporting. And um, obviously that has a lot to do with why sporting is able to press so hard for the last goal and then get more goals and extra time. Um, I don't know what it is about how sporting plays, but Dallas seems to like to give up red cards. The the Brandon Savanya one a couple a couple weeks ago was pretty funny. Like two, <laughs> like <laughs> that that was that was pretty funny. Two yellows in seven minutes. Yeah, that's anytime you can get the the uh, the two yellows in a short span of time. That's uh, that's hilarious. Typically, when you see that, it's because somebody doesn't want to be on the field. They're like so pissed. They're just like, get me out of here. Um, guys get like removed from teams after that a lot of times because it's it's intentional. Um, anyway, I, I think that, um, there are good positives to take away. I mean, it's a four, two win. So let's not be negative about, you know, the fact that not everything was perfect. They did come back, you know, the, the coach made an in-game adjustment, which wow. Now granted it was to adjust back to the good old faithful, but, um, it also included putting Spencer glass at right wing to do it. And I mean, He's not a right winger. I, no, he but tried, he, but he, he did tried it. really he did hard. Play. Yeah, he, he did, did okay. okay. He tried really. He yep. he did the best he could yep. in that situation. Um, he's obviously a smart soccer player. There's yep. no doubt about that. And I, I can see why they liked him so much in training camp um, and why they signed him to the twos and they're wanting to bring him up more because um, he obviously is a smart soccer player. And he, he seems to be very much a Vermes guy. Yeah. Um, so... It's good to have a little bit of depth there. Um, you know, I spent a lot of the game um, watching Voinovich, and you know, because okay. there's not, we don't have a lot of game uh, film available for him. Even his starts earlier in the uh, in the season um, aren't like they're not arch- archived anywhere that I could find. Uh, so I was trying to to find you know footage of him in the last couple of weeks, and I wasn't able to do it. So I decided, oh, you know, since he was starting yesterday, I, I paid a lot of attention to him. And I, you know, I am um, I'm I'm just kind of honestly, I'm kind of confused as to um, as to why that was the player they decided to bring in. Um, I don't, well, I don't know that he's a bad player, but I don't like, he seems very much more of like a poacher than anything else. He's Um, all the things that Kyrie is not. And none of the things that Kyrie is. Yeah. And that's, I mean, okay. But like he, that, but to that point, like, like he doesn't, you know, he's not a great presser of the ball. He is, um, gets dominated by center backs. He is not physical. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, he's, he is like he's like one of those classic poachers who doesn't do squat for you know most of the game and then all of a sudden they appear at you know the post and put well, a ball in and that's the thing it's like you could have just kept wilson harris on the roster if that's what you wanted yeah you know i, I mean uh, uh, seriously like <laughs> I, I so here's here's my thoughts on this first of all i do believe that voinovich's scoring touch is really good 
Um, we haven't seen it enough because he hasn't gotten enough chances. The couple times that he's played have been not in great circumstances. For well, him that, and that, so so him and him and Jonas both came on at the end of um, of the NYCFC game, but like they were they were packing it in literally. I mean they they yeah. were not there to to score uh, or even try to score. They were just there as a defensive protect the result. Yep. Yeah, protect like the Carlos. result. So that's what I'm saying is like, if you think of the circumstances, like Voinovich got to start in that Chicago match when they did the three, 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 one, and he was basically on an Island running around yeah, um, with no service. Um, he, he's got to play a little bit, but it's never been in a circumstance where he's had an opportunity to really get on the ball and do something with it. Yeah. What I've seen from his film prior, the film that I've been able to get off the internet, you know, YouTube clips and things like that prior to being at sporting is he does have a scorer's touch. So you saw it when he scored the goal. I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a low, low, low XG chance that he yeah. puts home there. I mean, that's a less, that's probably, I, I didn't look at it, but it has to be lower than a 0.1. Um, and he slams it home into the top 90. Um, he scored a, he scored a, I've talked about this before. He scored a header. I remember this because I'm, you know, watch the Netherlands. He scored a header against the Netherlands for Montenegro to pull out a draw against them in world cup qualifying. And it was a beautiful, like, and, and he somehow got pace on it while he was leaning backwards to get to it and yeah. slams it forward and scores there. Like he understands how to score goals, which like I said, he's everything that Kyrie Shelton is not in none of the things that he is. He's very good at finding, getting the ball in the net, but he's not very good at pressing. He's not very, he's not very physical. He will get dominated by center backs. There's position, his positioning in relation to his teammates is not always fantastic. I think he's still trying. He's not, there's no connecting. He doesn't touch the ball hardly at all. Can I I say something related to that though? I don't think Chinese is helping him. No, in that regard, I either agree completely. Vermees Vermees called this out in the press conference afterward because I I forget who was asking the question, but they were talking about Chinese running with the ball, like dribbling with the ball, yeah. and that is of course what we're familiar with him doing. And Peter Peter made a comment along the lines of I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was along the lines of Yeah, he runs a lot with the ball, but he doesn't run much without it. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty blunt, just like yeah. that in the press conference, and he's not wrong. Like <laughs> no, he's, he's not, not. Um, and and that's the thing is like so much of what this system is meant to do is based on movement, and those two guys aren't moving in sync at yeah. all. Yeah, and I, so I I think that it's reasonable to be. Um, careful about what we can continue to see the expectations can continue to be for these players. Voinovich, I think is a guy that if put in the right circumstance can score goals. I don't know if sporting Kansas city is the right circumstance. No, that's Chinese. That's what I'm thinking. Chinese is a 20 year old kid who just needs to learn to do some extra things. Like he pass. has all the technical skill in the world. He delivered a couple passes in this he game did. from he the did. dribble. I know he I delivered a couple passes from I the dribble that were that were that were good. But um, he needs to work on that more, right? And he needs to learn how to play with his teammates. You got to understand when he was in Cyprus, he had to have been the best player on his team by a yeah. mile. Yeah, right. There was no Johnny Russell playing for Cyprus for Onomia Nicosia or however you pronounce it, right? Like Daniel Shallowy, Johnny Russell are by far the best teammates he's ever had on a forward line. Yeah. So 
that part of it is something that you know is going to take some some time to acclimate to. But the problem, Voinovich is twenty five. Yeah. Right. He's not a U twenty two player. Yep. He's not going to all of a sudden start, you know, become a, a fantastic pressing forward. It would be, it would be, that would be a, uh, a pretty big stretch. I think. I mean, he's trying, he's, yeah. you can see him attempting it, but you, you yeah. see that he's not, he's not it's used not to his it. Thing. Yep. Well, and, and, and to be fair, he's had two months of training with this club. Yeah. And, you know, we know from experience that European players coming to MLS take some time to acclimate sometimes. And not all of them come right into it and understand it immediately. So yeah, the problem, the know, problem is if, 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 if he's not going to, you know, work his butt off and press, you know, all the time, um, he's not going to get the chance. I mean, he's not going to yeah. get many chances with, uh, with a Peter Vermes team. And, um, and so, you know, you know, people calling people calling for him and I've, I've been one of those people, uh, you know, I think last night really sort of illustrated to me why maybe, uh, maybe that's not a good idea necessarily. And why maybe um, um, it's probably not going to happen. And Hey, you know, Shelton scored. So, you know, yeah, well, Shelton scored. Well, first of all, he scored the most Shelton goal of all time, the own goal. I thought, honestly, I thought it came back at at first before the replay. I thought it came back and like hit him in the face or something and bounced back in. I thought it was a really like you know uh, an actual goal. like like yeah. a Zardes Zardes right. kind of like right. thing where he yeah Shelton is our Jesse Zardes. He kind of is. He, he, <laughs> Um, although Jassy scores, so maybe not. Um, but yeah, the whole thing where it yeah, went off the back of the defender and in. And then he did score the most Kyrie Shelton of goals, 100%. which is which is high pressing the shit out of somebody, forcing them into a turnover and getting a tap in. Yep. And I'm good with those goals. Like, yeah. give me more of that. Like, that is what he's good at. So let, let's let him do it. Um, but. Jesus. Well, you saw me. You texted me during the match <laughs> when it's 2-1 and he's a half step late for that run to the far post. He was at, he actually did finally realize, oh, fuck, I should probably run to the far post here when Duke was driving down the right line and delivers Duke delivers a peach of a ball of a cross. It was beautiful. And he's fucking half step late again. And it just. Uh. Yeah, you're looking anyway. pretty upset. I think yeah. you, I think you threw your hat down or something. You were because so <laughs> <laughs> I looked down and you were standing there with no hat on. I was and you looked very uh, flustered. So well, first of all, because it was such a great chance to tie the game, yeah. and they did eventually do it. And Chinese's header, by the way, to tie the game. Oh, that was nice. Holy, holy shit! That was like, it was pretty. Yeah. But yeah, Kyrie should have had a tap in ten minutes before that. Yep. <laughs> hey, look. All of us have dog problems tonight. <laughs> it's because, much like you, I'm the only person home, so they thought they had to be down here and yeah. in the basement with me. And then my wife gets home, and they go lose their minds. Yep. Thankfully, thankfully, she doesn't really my my dog my bulldog doesn't really bark unless she hears other dogs outside barking. Mm. But definitely has the separation anxiety. There's no way she's <laughs> sitting in the house by herself if there's someone here. All right, um, so, so what about? Uh, are we ready to talk about the Timbers this weekend or? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect out of this match. Um, no, Portland really is notoriously one. hard to play at home. Yeah. They're going to be set back. They're going to try to counterattack. They lost last night. 
Oh, did they lose last yeah. night? Did they play anybody good? I didn't even. Yeah, they played it. LAFC last night. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it other than they lost. So I would have to take take a look at the lineup and yeah. to have any idea of what to expect from who they would play. Um, but we know how Tavares sets them up. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. going to be in a Christmas tree. It's going to be in you know a fairly defensive reductive sort of not fun soccer setup, but that works for them. And they, yeah. that's how they beat teams and they frustrate them. And then they get out on the break. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at who played and it, it's a bunch of guys with numbers above 30. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, it doesn't look like they played many of their players like Blanco and Predes and Jimmy, Jimmy Chara got on late, but it was yeah. mostly backups. Um, I mean, it's a team. It's a team that you know, sporting doesn't necessarily have lots of uh, consistent success against. So it's. Um, but they have gotten some wins in yeah. Portland. Yeah. And against them. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, look, but neither team is doing fantastic right now. Um. Portland has just as many wins as Sporting does. They just and have. That's not a lot. They, yeah. <laughs> they just have. They just have a lot more draws. So um, they're above us by three in the standings um, because they, you know, we have six losses and three draws. They have three losses and six draws. Um, yeah, I don't know what to expect. I, this game could be really boring, potentially, yeah. with the way that um, Vermees has really prioritized defensive play for obvious reasons. The team is struggling to create chances. And, you know, you prioritize good defensive play and, you know, you become the Chicago of the Western Conference. Um, Chicago, you know, used that to their advantage at the beginning of the season, but now they're dead last in the East. Even yeah, though they, you, it doesn't matter how good you are, you, if you don't score goals, you're, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to win games. It's just kind of the way it is. I mean, you, you can look at tonight or last night's game and say, um, okay, they scored four goals, so maybe something is different. Um, both Voinovich I mean, and Shawnee's goal were very, very low chance yeah. goals that happened to go in. So, so one of the, I think one of the good things to look at going forward, and, you know, it's unfortunate that it took a, an injury to, to make this happen. There's well, a couple good things. Like, first of all, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Courtney Ford again. Uh, I, um, I have, you know, I, I it, It'll, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses or if he progresses throughout the season, if he's able to like, you know, if he's able to maintain the level that he's been at the last couple of games. I think that uh, uh, that bodes really well for, uh, for our defense um, in the, in the, you know, short, short to medium term at least. Um, and I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I think interests me the most is uh, what happens at fullback. Um, Cause you know, when you have, when you have two fullbacks um, who um, and I'm talking about Ndembe and, um, and um, Duke right now, um, if you have two fullbacks who both can really get up the field and run the lines and contribute in, in both defense and attack, it changes the way that you play. And, you know, I think that's one of the problems that Sporting Kansas City has had. And I've said that before is that, you know, that, that Vermees has contorted the, the, uh, 
you know, sort of the the system in order to accommodate, you know, you know, older these older veteran players like uh, like Zusi and uh, and Roger, um, and I think maybe f- maybe free of that restriction, um, it 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 might um, it might favor the attack a little bit, getting those guys up and you know, especially and even in, in a counterattacking situation. Although I do think like uh, uh, I do think we're going to have um, it's going to be more attacking than uh, one might sp- suspect um, um, this weekend because Portland doesn't really want the ball, so they're going to let they're going to let um, Sporting Kansas City possess, and it's just a matter of whether we can you know do anything substantial with that possession. Well, and that might be even a better reason that you see Cameron Duke start this game at right back over Pierre because Pierre's really a get behind the the back line right. kind of guy, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have a ton of opportunities to do that against Portland. Um, Duke is well, going to do better on the dribble and drive by somebody than do the temptation is you know especially when you're a young player like that is to you know get forward, get forward, get forward, and you know that's you're falling into Portland's trap when you do that, you know, and then they spring the trap and you're way up the field. And, you know, the Sebastian Blanco is, you know, against is, is against, you know, one center back. But the only thing I would say about that though, is that Caden Pierre has been playing right back his entire youth career. Yeah. Probably understands his defensive positional responsibilities a little bit better than Duke does. Yep. The one thing that I could say of Duke is that sometimes he gets caught. He does. And it's just because he's uh, he's not really a right back. He's yeah. learning to play right back. Um, and so, you know, I'm not saying one is a better one than the other. To be completely honest, if we're really going to start making this shift in the back line, I would like them to have some consistency of who those that back line is and get them playing together. Mm-hmm. The problem is Duke went 100 minutes yeah. after going 90 yeah. in 72 hours. So... I don't know what his fitness is going to be like, but it's a, a, lot. Duke, a, lot a, Duke, a Duke Ford Volader, um, you know, in Denbe back line again would not yeah. upset me at all. What I'm just preparing my soul for is the Roger Uri um, Voltaire midfield that yeah. is almost definitely going to be there because Voltaire was the only one of those three that played at all. Mm-hmm. The other two are completely out of the lineup, getting their their rest and relaxation. I'm glad that Ford got his. Like he he probably needed a, a game off. Well, Roger, and Roger it, needed his for sure. Yeah, well, Roger needs several days a week <laughs> off at this point. But and he's getting them, from what I understand. But um, yeah, I'm just preparing myself for that. Just soulless. Just. <laughs> It's just soul crushing to watch that midfield, man. There's just nothing going on. Uh, let's so let's hope. Um, you know, one thing that was different in the way that they did it um, against NYCFC is that uh, is that Voltaire played on the left and Roger played on the right. And um, you know, I think that um, that might be a little bit better. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, it, it at this point, it really boils down to you know who has a better who has a better rapport with with Ndembe and Shallowy uh, because that 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 partnership matters a lot. If you're going to break down a team that's set back, you have to have that dynamic sort yep. of triangles and whatnot going on there because Russell is so much of an on the ball guy. He's mm-hmm. not going to be as much of that 
you know, he, he can one, two his way into a box and he's very good at drawing defenders and releasing someone, but he's not going to Rondo his way around down the end line into space. Yeah. Um, that is what shallowy does. That's what he, you know, historically has done. I, I'm with you on that. I would much rather have Voltaire on the left than Roger, but yeah, I'm just prepared for a soul sucking experience of watching <laughs> Uri um, make two to three inexplicable passes and, well, Roger got, and Roger watching Roger decompose over ninety minutes. We have, uh, you know, we've got Ford to uh, to help bail him out. So um, that's I good. mean, in, in all honesty, and this is the thing I do have to be fair about: Uri and Roger have did not play at all last night. Felipe went one twenty, Duke went a hundred, yeah, Chinese went one hundred and twenty, yeah. like. Those guys just can't start this game. They just no, can't. They're not. So going. you know, realistically, that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at that the, that lineup. Duke is probably going to have to start, and Pierre is going to have to be available. Well, um, the, to come off the bench. Will it be more soul sucking to watch that midfield, or to get up at six a.m. on Saturday to watch the Spurs play Burnley? Well, it really depends on how bad tomorrow goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, saying, you're saying that if they lose tomorrow, you're not getting up at 6 a.m. I'm not getting up at 6 a.m. <laughs> to watch them play Burnley if they, if they lose to Arsenal tomorrow. Um, if they beat Arsenal, then I'm going to be the freaking Jim Carrey gif. So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, um but yeah, that's uh, unlikely. I get up to watch them play Burnley if they lose tomorrow. Um, Sounders win CCL. They got the. Ed, I put it in the notes here. It's the uh, Thanos, but what did it cost? Gift, right? Everything. Yeah, Joao Paulo out for the year. Yep. <sighs> Seeing him like sitting on the thing with his like knee brace and all that while they're celebrating, man, that was hard. Yeah, I mean. We both are big fans of him as a player. Absolutely. He's that one of sucks. my favorite players in MLS. That sucks. And then apparently every U.S. men's national team player is going to be injured in yeah, Qatar. Uh, the, uh, the World Cup's shaping up to be a real doozy. <laughs> we're going to be taking, we're going to be calling up Julian Green. Yeah, like, hey, I was going to say, somebody was joking on Twitter today about like Tim Ream has 17 unanswered voicemails yeah. from Burhalter. <laughs> Tim Ream, hey, Tim Ream was just biding his time, man. He knows what he was. Did you see the stat? He started every single game for yeah. Fulham this year, all yeah. 46 league matches for yeah. Fulham, and they got promoted again. So, you know, I anyway, we make fun of Tim Ream, but he is uh, he's he's going to be looked at as probably like one of the craziest, most underrated U.S. That yeah. international. I mean, he, well, he's time. always been underrated. I mean, there was the only, you know, there was a, a, a time very early in, uh, in um, Greg's, you know, sort of tenure uh, when, you know, he was getting regular call-ups, but you know, he, he's played for Fulham forever and he's, mm-hmm. and he's never, you know, he's never really gotten the pub that maybe he deserves. And my understanding is amongst Fulham fans, he's well revered. Like they yeah. love him. Yeah. They like, they love him. In uh, in London, so I mean, I, I'm not gonna, having a go at Tim Ream. I just yeah, yeah it's just been it's been pretty dour as far as the uh, injury front for what you would expect to be the uh, yeah. first choice eleven. It, not only like like 
yes, players are getting injured, but I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, injuries that are going to, you know, injuries with recovery times that are going to preclude them from playing in the world cup, you know? And yeah, Miles Robinson's Achilles is going to heal by November. And and it's, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, I've heard it's doubtful that Reina is, you know, ready to go by then too. So I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's kind of disheartening, but I look at it it this way. I didn't ever really expect this world cup to be any kind of crazy, um, you know, successful experience for this team. It was more like get them there, get them to understand what the environment is like, get some, you know, hopefully you get out of the group and you get it, play a knockout match. Maybe you shock somebody in one of them. That's, that's, that's that's a a win, right? Everything has to gravy. This team is deep enough that they should be able to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and maybe they don't, maybe they're too young. Uh, Iran is a really good team yeah. and they could end up playing against Ukraine as well, which has, which has, you know, both geopolitical and, um, you know, just pro, you know, professional sort of um, circumstances. Like Ukraine is a good team. Um, Ukraine and Wales are a good team. I could just see Gareth Bale just, you know, knocking in a hat trick or something in 20 minutes and then walking off the field to go play golf. Like I, I could just see stuff like that happening. They're, they're, these are, these are good teams that are left um, in their group. So. Well, the, 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 the one savings grace, uh, you know, is that, um, and this is where, you know, this is where Burhalter differs from, you know, play uh, um, coaches uh, like mostly like Bruce and uh, Klinsman also, obviously, but I mean, his team is really defensively sound. And um, and having a having a, a good defensive team um, in in a in a tournament situation really um, it, it helps uh, like a lot a lot a lot um, and you know they're not and they're also not like they're not a bunkering team either so um, I think that uh, like the fact that they are so you know defensively sound um, and without having to you know put you know. 10 guys behind the ball uh, is, is I think a really good sign for them for, for obviously this world cup, but definitely for the next world cup too. I mean, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's where you have to start from, you know, and we just look at France 2018. They weren't like, they weren't crushing people offensively. They were, they were extremely defensively responsible team, but to your point, they weren't bunkering. They were just very hard to break down. They were very hard to get by. And, you know, I would say that it is a little bit frustrating to watch knowing how much attacking talent they have and when, you know, wanting them to see him open it up more, but the shops knows what he needs to do. It's international football, man. You can't, these guys don't play enough together to have the partnerships necessary to do the fun stuff that you see in club soccer. They just don't. So you got to kind of be pragmatic about it and prioritize defense first. And that's, you know, France could, you could call them a little bit boring, in 2018, but they're also world cup champs. So, you know, I'm not expecting the U S to be world cup champs, but international football, it's not letting the other team score is generally the first, generally the most important thing. Yeah. Um, It's there, there are some teams that kind of go a little crazy, but I I think that burhalter has got the right tactic and, it's something you can build on to the point that I was making earlier about sporting Vermees has kind of gotten to this, like, look, we're going to prioritize defense and we're going to be hard to score against. And yeah, you know, maybe it's not as 
fun to watch is what we've gotten used to seeing sporting do, but it also makes them hard to beat. They haven't lost in almost a month. Let's start turning those draws into wins and things start looking a little bit better. And it's something to build on. Um, okay. All right. I, we're, think, we're, I, think uh, we, I think we've done it, Drew. We have done it, and we're we've good. done it in only an hour and ten minutes, which is <laughs> which is a rare experience, especially when we had two games to cover. Yeah, um, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, so all y'all going to have to deal without us for a couple weeks. Um, both Cody and I have some uh, work and life things next week that are just not going to make it realistic for us to record. I, I'm taking be- uh, I'm taking fifteen sixth graders camping in central Kansas. So, wow, that's. Um, I don't envy you at all in any way, shape, or form. It's not really enviable. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're not going to record next week. Um, we should be back the following week, and hopefully we've got some good stuff to talk about. Yep. Um, I, do, I do think that the team is starting to show some potential. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the best I could ask for. It, it sucks that we had to go through – what we had to go through watching them be really poor, but there, there does seem to be improvement week on week. And as poor as the first 30 minutes were last night, the next 90 were much better. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. This is what we've been asking for over and over again. Don't murder guys for making mistakes. Let them learn from their mistakes. Let them figure out and learn from your own mistakes as the coach and make adjustments and work with it and that i i I feel like we saw that just in 120 minutes last night and um, it was fun again it's a game it should be fun yeah it should be fun it was a very fun game the atmosphere albeit short on uh attendance was it was pretty loud at the end oh yeah um and it was it was it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it a lot so we're gonna be gone for a little bit but um until next time a couple weeks from now i'm drew he's cody we'll talk to y'all soon bye-bye Start doing that. Start doing that.